Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Today is no exception. We have a great conversation planned with uh, a gentleman who is an award-winning mentor inventor, author, uh, former engineering professional, um, and an internationally renowned speaker. Uh, He is a successful entrepreneur, and I'm happy that I had the opportunity to uh, have some time uh, just before the show to to talk to him. I want to introduce to you Dr. Calvin Mackey. Welcome, Calvin. Uh, Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Uh, all that for all that you do with your platform. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, you know, uh, Calvin, you're at, uh, when before you were asking me a little bit about myself. Uh, for people who are just now t- uh, tuning in, um, you know, this uh, platform has been going on now for we're in our tenth year, and so before podcasts really kind of caught on um, widely, uh, started doing this just really as something that a colleague suggested that I do because I was always um, coming back and telling them stories about people that I'd met and people that I talked to. And so one of my colleagues just said one day, you know, you ought to have uh, a, first he said a TV show. And then we, we laughed and joked about what that would look like. But then on a serious note, uh, put me in touch with some people that introduced me to the idea of having a live broadcast and just having conversations. And so it's not an interview, and so thankful for those of you who have been with us for a while now, uh, know that it's just a conversation um, of interest. What's so great is I get to uh, pick the people that are gonna be on, and I'm genuinely interested in talking uh, to them. And today is no exception, and I'm particularly excited because uh, Calvin, um, is the founder of an organization, a nonprofit called STEM NOLA, uh, based here in New Orleans. It's founded to expose, inspire, and engage communities about opportunities in STEM. And so, but before we even get to what STEM NOLA is, Calvin, I got to tell you, I am so impressed with your background. Graduated from Morehouse, got a PhD, got a, well, first, got your bachelor's in engineering from Georgia Tech. Um, uh, bachelor's in uh, math from from Morehouse, uh, went on and got your PhD and your master's uh, in mechanical engineering from Georgia Tech, which for those of you who don't know, has consistently been one of the top schools of engineering in the nation. So I, you know, all kinds of awards, uh, also uh, the Presidential Award for Excellence in Science, and it just goes on and on. So before we start talking about your program, I would love, tell us a little bit about you, though. I, I'm dying to know where you're from. Um, how did you get interested in, um, in, in engineering and kind of if there's someone that kind of pointed you in the direction saying, you know, 
uh, he's going to be good in math or, or how did you, how did you get started? But I would love to know a little bit more about you first. Well, Brian, you know, like I tell people, I say I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm from back of town, Girttown, Zion City, <laughs> from the lower nine where we don't mind dying. I'm from that wild magnolia I thought I told you. I'm okay. from that CP3. You know you know me. Okay. Uh, the point I'm trying to make, like the young people said, that I started from the bottom, and now I'm here. You know, I grew up in a house with no books. My father dropped out of school in the eighth grade to pick cotton. My mother went to a state-approved Negro high school. And it was those teachers in New Orleans public school system that filled in the gaps, who made me believe, that gave me hope to let me know that I can go and do the things that, that I'm doing. And the funny part is that when I went to Morehouse, when I left New Orleans Public Schools and went to Morehouse, I actually started Morehouse and developed in uh, remedial reading. And people say, well, Kelvin, how did you start in remedial reading? Well, mm. you know, and I say I grew up in a house with no books, and the teachers in New Orleans Public Schools did all they can do with me. And, mm. But I was never a good test taker, and I was never prepared for these standardized tests. And every time I would take one of these standardized tests, I would score horribly on it. So when I got the more office, they said, look, we're looking at your test scores. And more importantly, we're listening to you. And they know we talk funny in New Orleans. So I was saying things mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm about it, about it, how you do that there, and I'm the man right here. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, boy, go directly to remedial reading. So I started <laughs> more in remedial reading. Sure. And the story goes, after three and a half years of starting more in remedial reading, I finished Morehouse number one in mathematics, number five wow. in class Morehouse that we graduated, five wow. in the capital. Mm-hmm. And then I went over to Georgia Tech for, for the next eight years and got three additional STEM degrees, a BS, mm-hmm. uh, MS, and a PhD in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got four STEM degrees in 11 years. Now, that's gangster. That's gangster. You know, that's gangster. Well, you know, if, if anything is gangster, that's the gangster we want for our children. And, you know, I often go back to the, to the fourth grade. I had a teacher named Ms. Sandra Carter. Mm-hmm. And she recognized that the ability, ability in math, and before there were things like differentiation, she just told me, go over in that corner and do this math. And while she worked mm-hmm. with everybody else, she just had me doing math. So by the time I got out of sixth grade, I was, by the time I got out of fourth grade, I was doing math on a sixth grade level. Mm-hmm. And God would have it. I had the same teacher again for sixth grade. Now, I'll never forget how upset she was when she realized I was still at the same place in math where she left me after being mm-hmm. in school for a whole fifth grade year. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. again, she put me in the corner. By the time I got out of sixth grade, I was doing math on an eighth-grade level. And I wanted to go to the school where all my brothers and sisters and my cousin had gone. I wanted to play basketball and smoke weed just like them. <laughs> and she said, no, you're going to this school on the other side of town. Mm. And my mama said, if you believe that's where he should go, that's where he should go. And I had to catch two public two uh, public serv- public buses, right? Mm. So here I am in the seventh grade. My, you know, I got a junior in high school. We're still in a gated community. We're still dropping him off while he's mm-hmm. eating his, you know, his breakfast. I had to get up, walk for a block, and catch two buses just to get to middle school. Mm-hmm. And uh, which you know, which middle school did you go? Which which middle school did you go to? A school by the name of uh, Francis W. Gregory. Mm-hmm. And in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, you know the story in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. They came and it took over our schools, wiped away our history. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of the schools they wiped away. And that's one of the schools that's responsible for producing doctors, lawyers, and engineers still mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, I, uh, um, I, it's, it's amazing. Now you, you were in new Orleans now. So how, what, how did you get to Morehouse? How did you get over to Morehouse? Now I have to, I have to, in the way of full disclosure, and I'm not from uh, Louisiana originally, um, but I, I claim I have some roots in the boot um, where I, I went to Grambling for undergrad. So um, now right. I'm, I, I yeah, G man. That's right, that's right. And so I went to Grambling. I, you always say we're the real tigers in Louisiana. You know, got a couple <laughs> of the schools that claim to be tigers. We're the real tigers. But um, what I, you know, how did you end up at Morehouse? Um, that you you you're really close to that other school down in the in the southern part. I won't mention the name. But how did you end up going? You know, uh, end up going, leaving Louisiana and going over to Georgia for Morehouse. How did you get there? You, you know, you know, I was, I, I tell people, you're not supposed to be a basketball star. I was going to supposed to go to the NBA and save my whole family, and I had a wicked cross <laughs> over okay. and a jump shot that just wouldn't quit. So while I was in high school, Dillard University recruited me. Xavier recruited mm. me in some other schools. But Dillard offered, they came to me and said, look, we're going to let you take some courses you know, on a college campus your senior year. Now they call mm-hmm. it uh, dual, dual enrollment, but it dual wasn't all yeah. that then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I went to Dillard, since I was so advanced in math, they let me take Cal 1 and Cal 2. And I was so blown away because, like, here I am in a calculus class on a college campus, and they got about six guys in a class, right? And all these girls, and, <laughs> and here I am, this little guy, and I thought <laughs> it was college girls. So I felt like I was on, and I was like, that's the only time I said, I'm coming to Dillard and play basketball. So my senior year, senior year in high school, playing against Master P at Booker T. Washington High School, <laughs> I separated my shoulder. Oh, wow. Traumatic shoulder separation. And they said, you know, I'll never play basketball again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to a, a Nest for Nest, one of these college recruitment fairs in the Superdome. And I walked over to this table that said Morehouse. And this guy asked me what I wanted to be. I said, an engineer. And he was like, uh, hey, sign here. You know, send this application. I'll let you send it in for free. And unlike today, like, people got all these people doing the applications. I mean, I, right. I sat at home and I printed, printed right. the application out. Right. And they must have felt sorry for me. And somehow I got admitted into a summer science program at Morehouse. Hmm. And uh, I went to that summer science program. But the only reason I went to that summer science program, Brian, mm-hmm. is because I had separated my shoulder. Wow. And, and I couldn't play basketball. Mm-hmm. And this summer science program, I met young brothers from around the country that was using words that I had never heard, that was quoting authors I had never heard of before. And just to give you an example, one of them was uh, Eddie Glaude at Princeton, who's oh, on MSNBC yeah. in the morning. Oh, so are Eddie you Glaude serious? Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. I know him. And, and Eddie was, he was as eloquent and then at 16 years old <laughs> as he is now, right? Now, he wasn't yeah. making any sense then, but he didn't speak, right? For sure, for sure. <laughs> and, and we still, so he, he got to practice on you guys. He practiced yeah, on he you. He got to practice. He got to yeah. practice on us, right? So we'd yeah. be debating every night and stand up every night. And I'm like, this is it. You know, I'm like, I, I got to mm-hmm. stay here. And this is the story I'll never forget. Uh, Henry, I mean, you know, Dr. Gloucester was the president of Morals at the time, and his wife passed away. And they had a funeral in King Chapter on Morehouse College campus, 
and we had to go to the funeral. Now, I didn't even have a suit. One of the guys in the program taught me how to tie a tie. We go to the funeral, and they play Daryl Morehouse, and literally I see these old men with tears coming out their eyes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was so moved by this song, which is the Morehouse fight song, I mean, Alma Mater song. I walk out of King Chapel, and Dr. Samuel Du Bois Cook comes out of the chapel. He was the president of Dillard, but he was a Morehouse man. And he looked mm-hmm. at me, and he said, Mackie? Because I, I used to play basketball in his driveway with his son. He said, oh, wow. He said, what are you doing here? He said, I thought he was coming to Dillard. He said, didn't we offer you a scholarship? They offered me a presidential scholarship and a basketball scholarship. I wouldn't wow. have to pay nothing. Wow. And he said, so are you coming to Dillard? And I said, Dr. Cook, you went to Morehouse. And he looked at me and he said, I understand. At that time, I didn't have nothing, no money. I didn't know how I was going to do mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. literally, I begged to this day, I'm forever. I said, I've been born three times in my life, through my <laughs> mother, through my creator, Jesus Christ, and through Morehouse mm-hmm. College. All right. Uh, because, you know, I went and I begged, and there was a professor by the name, two professors, Dean Blocker, and uh, and uh, man, how can I forget my, my man in history? My, his name slips me. Uh, and they went and said, we believe this young man can be kind of special. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Barksdale. And Morehouse accepted me conditionally. Mm. All right? They accepted me conditionally. Then they fought to give me some money. And they put me in remedial reading and developmental math. Wow. So I'd already taken Cal 1 and Cal 2 at Dillard. They said, no, your score is no. yellow. So they put me in developmental math, too. Wow. And uh, and, and, that's, and the rest is history. Yeah, you know, Blocker yeah. and Barksdale was forever there for me. And walk around, you know, debating these guys, you know, transformed my life. Wow. Well, that that is truly a, a, a wonderful story, you know. I, I'm sure people and and you would agree, you know. Uh, coming from Magnolia, whoever would have thought you would come, you know, you would be at Morehouse and all the places and 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 things that you've accomplished. Um, it is uh, absolutely uh, amazing. So, congratulations. Hey, 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 so Whenever my wife meet my friends, she she usually come back and say, "You know what? You a miracle." <laughs> <laughs> you know, when she meet my friends, they start telling them our childhood stories. Like, what you? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I, mean, I ain't making I, it up. No, I ain't look, making it up. <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you, I have this thing I always say because people they they think you you've always been a certain way. I say, now look, I ain't always been Doctor Perkins, you know. So right, I'm sure. Know, I'm, I'm sure you say don't. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, uh, so I so now you so you tell us. I know you had uh, a successful career uh, as an inventor and 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 engineer, and then so you had this idea of introducing STEM to black and brown children and children in um, in New Orleans specifically uh, to STEM careers. Uh, tell us a little bit of how that started, because I know I have friends um, all throughout uh, New Orleans who have said, I can remember when that program first started. So it wasn't that long ago, but um, right. but that it started. And then now it's just, I guess you just so many awards and recognition that you've received for the program. Um, how did you get the, the program started and what made you start it? Uh, first and foremost, it's kind of my life's work. 
When I was mm-hmm. in grad school, I started going out to schools, talking to kids about science and math. So after I finished Georgia Tech, I, I, I became a professor at Tulane, where I was a professor for 12 years. Got tenure, the first mm-hmm. and only African-American in the history of the College of Engineering at Tulane to, to be awarded tenure. But in the aftermath mm-hmm. of Hurricane Katrina, the president of Tulane decided to keep the football team to eliminate the engineering program. Oh, wow. So I lost a six-figure tenure position overnight with eight people living in my house who had been mm. displaced from Hurricane Katrina. Katrina. My point mm-hmm. is that the message, the message that the president of Tulane University sent to our children is a message that many of these universities send on a daily basis. And that message is you can come to this university and run that rock, dunk that ball, hit that pill, stop, drop it like it's hot. Mm-hmm. Don't you think about coming to this institution and getting a STEM degree and saving mm-hmm. yourself and your community from the next natural disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the messaging when they put all of these images on TV of our kids playing football and dancing and entertaining, but not showing the doctors and the engineers and the inventors. So after that, I decided to start an alternative energy company, but my heart was really into the community. So one day my son came home. I have two sons. He's a freshman now in engineering at Howard. But he came home and he said, Daddy, I don't like science anymore. He's like in the third grade. I said, boy, you got your rabid mind. It's in your <laughs> DNA. You know? And he said, no, Daddy. He said, you know, the teacher just talked to the board. Last year the teacher used to do hands-on stuff. So I said, hey, son, we got to correct this. So I went in the garage and literally started doing hands-on activities with him. I have, you know, mm-hmm. son two years younger than him. We started doing hands-on activities. The guy next door, his kid comes over next year. Before you know it, I got 20 kids in the garage doing it. And I realized I was in trouble because I couldn't drink my beer because I couldn't have a kid. And, <laughs> you know, I was down the street in the garage with Dr. Mackey doing stem drinking beer, right? You know, in, in, his man, in his man cave, in his man right, cave. Right, 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 <laughs> you know. But, you know, my, we started doing these hands-on activities. So my son came home a couple of months later, and I said, son, what's your grades? He said, daddy, I got all A's. I said, now that's my boy. He said, Daddy, my friends want to know how I know all this. I said, did you tell them you do this in the garage with your daddy? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, Daddy, but my friends need this. Right then and there, he realized that he had been exposed to somebody and things that his friends had not. And he had the entropy that he must have got from his mom to really believe mm-hmm. that if his friends was exposed to those people and those things, they'd be just as bright as him. And Perkins, mm-hmm. right then and there, yeah. I realized I was keeping my time, my talent, and my treasure to my two, like a lot of people, uh, rather than taking what I had and giving it to the community. Mm-hmm. So I began to brainstorm, how can I get this out the garage and give it to the broader community? And my wife, who still thought I was crazy and think I'm crazy, I, you know, I said, I, you know, I took $100,000 and started this nonprofit called STEM NOLA, where we have these big community-based events where we invite college students and we pay the college students where we invite these STEM professionals, and then we invite all the K-12 kids we can invite. We built mm. curricula. We built these modulars. We built over 30 modulars. And in the last seven and a half years, we've engaged over 100,000 young people, wow. over 20,000 wow. families, and we've put over $1.5 million in the hands of college students, primarily HBCU students, mm-hmm. even though we have UNO, Tulane, and Loyola students, primarily the Xavier and Dillard and Southern University students, who are now engaged in the community, giving back to the community while earning some little change. And who's the, be- who's the beneficiary of it? Our kids who now get to see this vertical mentoring because they can see themselves at every grade level. They can see themselves in college. They can mm-hmm. see themselves in, as professionals. And sure. the parents now who get to meet people who otherwise can change their mindset about the possibility of their children. 
Sure, sure. So let me ask you, how do you choose the kids? Um, is it whoever wants to come or, I mean, do you have that kind of room and capacity or do you have some kind of uh, selection criteria? We have a selection criteria. The only things we ask is do you get free lunch? Because if you get free lunch, you get it for free. If not, you have to pay a fee. We ask mm-hmm. what's your zip code because I want to know your zip code. So when I have for data, I can lay that data over all types of sociological issues like crime and educational attainment and poverty to show the mayor and the governor that we are, we are engaging people that otherwise may not ever receive this. And then do you have an allergy because we feature. So the point mm-hmm. is, come one, come all. First come, mm-hmm. first serve. And we, mm-hmm. on our STEM Saturdays, we, we've had a gym full of kids, right? Imagine 200 kids, K-12 kids in white lab coats, dissecting sheep hearts with healthcare professionals, and then wow. building mechanical hearts with STEM people. So we wow. usually do up to 200 kids per event. First come, first mm-hmm. serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's fascinating. I, you know, so part of your story resonated with me because um, when I was a young boy and I, I was entering my freshman year of high school, and um, this woman who was a, a college or maybe she was a junior college professor came to the church one one Sunday, and she she handed my mother an application for a program. Um, and people around had heard that I was kind of good at math, good at science, and uh, she handed my mother this uh, this application, and lo and behold, it was uh, a pre-engineering program at Purdue University for freshmen in high school, and um, and so I too went to that, and and I I assumed initially that I was going to also be an engineer. It was like this is what I'm going to do because everyone kept pushing me towards that. And and then went to college. Uh, Grambling doesn't have a engineering program, but I, I majored in chemistry. Uh, then I went on uh, because, again, I had always been pushed towards math and science, um, STEM careers, but mostly medicine. Then I went to uh, Yale Medical School, finished with a degree uh, from there in public health and environmental uh, health. And... Um, and so, but then I changed my mind, and I guess that's why I also want to know about um, how do we tell? Now, I have no regrets because I, the the work that I did really helped me in terms of critical thinking, logical thinking, rational thinking, and so it's been a great part of my success, but um, I, I, you know, at a very early age, people pushed me and said, you, you got to do, you no, you're good at math and science. You're going to do STEM. Um, what is your process for, uh, for advising students? Um, surely it, 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 it has to be more than whether or not you're good at it. Um, but I, I'm just curious about the, the so many different ways in which that skill set um, can be used and just wondering how you how you grapple with that with families and children about are they STEM or are they something STEM related or or yet and still something else? Hey, person, now that's a long question, and I want to say this. But when my kids finished seven or eight grade, I, I, I brought them to the summer science program at Purdue. Mm. 
So Purdue really? been doing these tunnel science programs like thirty. A years. long time. Uh, yeah. You probably yeah. went probably Blaylock. This lady named Blaylock. Ms. Oh Blaylock my goodness! That years. is exactly that is exactly who it was. Lot. Yes. So she used Miss Blaylock used to bring me once I became a professor. She used to bring me to the summer science program to speak every year. And, you know, it was my dream one day. I said, one day I'm going to have kids. And sure and behold, one of my former students at Tulane ended up at Purdue getting a Ph.D. After he wow. finished his Ph.D. and doing a postdoc, she hires him to run the, the, the summer program. And then I bring my sons to the summer program where one of my mentees was running the program. Literally, we, we stood on the stage in front of hundreds of people hugging and crying like babies. Because mm-hmm. this is like life becoming coming full circle. Not to answer mm-hmm. your question, mm-hmm. because that, that that's how we do it, right? I wanted to bring that up and tie that in, because we believe what we've created is a high-functioning STEM community. Mm-hmm. A high-functioning community is one that's child-centered, adult-governed, elder-ruled. And if you go to Forbes.com and just put in Calvin Mackey and STEM, I've written this article for Forbes on how to develop a high-functioning STEM community. And a high-functioning STEM community, we're child-centered, so we focus on mm-hmm. the K-12 kids. We adult governed. The adults in our high-functioning STEM community are college kids, so that's why we train them and we pay them. Because the adults in a high-functioning community got to do the hard work, got to do the heavy lifting, so they can free the elder, so the elder can impart the wisdom into the kids. So mm-hmm. the elders in our community are, are the STEM professionals and educators. So when they come to our events, they just got to be who they are. They ain't got to carry no boxes. They don't have to cut nothing. They don't do the heavy lifting, because that is who the that is who the, the, the kids, I mean, that, that, I mean that's who, who they are. So mm-hmm. we create this thing called vertical mentoring. So the kids now, they're part of a tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, they've found their special place. That's how they mentor boys in football. They mentor boys in football because they always got a place to go. There's a coach. Mm-hmm. There's a team. There's a rec center. So now we've built that infrastructure in New Orleans where kids know this can be me. Mm-hmm. And if, I, if I wanted to be me, there's a place to go. And if I go there, they're going to be somebody to help me and support me. And that's what mm-hmm. we got to do for STEM. We got to mm-hmm. create. And what we have created is like the AAU of STEM. Yes. Yes. Wonderful idea. Wonderful. And so tell me, so what are, what are some of the kinds of things? So you, you select the kids, they come in. What are some of the kinds of things that they do? Um. Uh, if you go to stemnola.com, we have all these different modules, right? Mm-hmm, so, for example, mm-hmm. they, do the, they do the physics of sound. But we bring in, because we're in New Orleans, we believe STEM should be culturally and environmentally relevant. So imagine mm-hmm. we bring in a, a drum line, we bring in a celloist, we bring in somebody playing, a, you know, the, the horn, uh, a flute, and then we have to do a little gig, but then the kids learn about the physics of sound. And they build like a, a xylophone or a guitar or actually a speaker that they plug into their phone. We have a mm-hmm. heart circulation day where we invite doctors and healthcare professionals and the kids dissect sheep out with the healthcare professionals mm-hmm. and then they build a mechanical heart. We have force in motion in cars day where they uh, learn about the mo- Newton's laws of motion and then build a car. We have a, a going to density day where they learn about how things float, then they build a boat and race it. I mean, so we got 30 different activities. And, and, and the kids, they learn about we just had Hurricane Ida and all the lights went out. And people mm-hmm. were talking about the grid. And they talked about the electricity being, uh, uh, you know, produced, distributed, and transmitted. But you know what? We, we put videos online where we had young kids talking about the grid. 
And mm-hmm. because we teach the kids about the grid. We believe STEM should be culturally and environmentally relevant. So the activities that we create are relevant to their existence. You're going to school right now, Ryan, believe it or not, in New Orleans, and the earth science curriculum, they'll be teaching earthquakes and volcanoes when our children right. just damn near drown. We That's got right. rain That's coming right. right now. That's we right. got flooding that may happen tonight. And I'm like, we need to be teaching our kids earth science that's relative to them. Why are we not teaching yes. them about levees and about that's flooding right. and about that's the right. wetlands? And those mm-hmm. are the type of activities that we've created. And that's why the kids are resonating with us but not resonating in school because we are making it culturally relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That, that's awesome. You know, I had posted that you, you and I were going to have a conversation today. And uh, in my post, I said that you were uh, – introducing STEM, and someone uh, posted, kind of corrected me, no, culturally relevant STEM is what they do, you know, and I was like, okay, um, that, that's something. So tell me where, so now you have this, um, where, where do you see this going from here? Where would you, what, what else would you like to do? Are you, are you planning the kind of the Mackey uh, School of Science? What are, what are you doing? What do you, what do you think in that? Uh, you, you see, I'm I'm uh, planting uh, some things. ideas here for you. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I hear you. All right, so two things. One, we're in the process now. We're about to build a 42,000 square foot STEM innovation hub in New Orleans yeah. on the black right. side of town, bring yeah. value to our community, to our kids. Now, you know, my brother is Anthony Mackey, Captain America. Believe it yes. or not, but my brother yes. went to NOCA, New Orleans Center of Creative Arts. When mm-hmm. Marcellus went to New Orleans Center of Creative Arts, if, he, if there's a kid in New Orleans and they're good in the arts, know what they can do? They, they, there's a place where they can go and enhance their skills. So I'm going to feel like the New Orleans Center of STEM where we can uh, take the, the brightest minds out of New Orleans and push them all around the world. That's the first that's thing awesome. we're going to do. The second that's thing awesome. we, we're going to do is that we've built a model that's scalable, transferable, and reproducible, and more importantly, sustainable. Now people around the country is licensing our model. They're going to come to New Orleans get trained so you can have this model in your community. And I'm going to break some news here. Part of this license will be in Ghana and it will be in Tanzania. Ah, congratulations. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And I'm so glad to hear it. I had, I read about uh, the work that is going to happen in the East and, um, you know, heard that it was, you were, you were planning this center um, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people uh, that are going to come and, and want to know more about how they can do this, because that was actually my next question. Like, how can people uh, do this in their communities? Because there are places all over uh, that would like to, um, to enhance the, the, uh, the exposure that um, their children have to STEM. Um, I really love the fact that you connected this to um, the creative arts and and art schools. You know these uh, these uh, magnet schools that often are focused in art. And while there are several places throughout the country that have um, STEM. But, you know, the way I see you doing it is is a whole other level. And so um, congratulations to you um, for that. Um, you know, I, I um, if there if you want, please share your your website. So people that are listening in know where to go and and keep track of what you're doing. You want to share what your website is? 
Well, Perkins, before I go, once, once I yeah. want to say thank you. And since you're a G, man, I want you to know, the <laughs> first place we licensed this model is at Gramlin. We have Stem okay. Gramlin at right. com, backed by Magic Johnson and Sodexo Magic, his, his company. Yes. We've engaged okay. thousands of kids in northern Louisiana with Gramlin. But if you That's want awesome. more information, you can go to stemglobalaction.com or stemnola.com. Stem Global Action will tell you about all the stuff we're doing around the country and where we're coming to your locale. And STEM NOLA is primarily in New Orleans. That would really give you an in-depth uh, overview of, of how of the impact we made in New Orleans. Thank you, brother. That's, oh, that's awesome. And I just want to also thank you so much for agreeing to come on to the conversation. I learned so much about the program. And so you'll be hearing from me. I'm going to drop you an email, and uh, I'm going to come by uh, one of these uh, weekends and see uh, the work that you're doing. We're going to be listening and reading about your work, um, but I hope to hear from you again. But until I see you, go well. Stay well, brother. Hey, you do the same. Thank you. Take care.